Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Minutes with Mute presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board. Uh, BC versus Clemson last Saturday, a tough loss, 31-3, to a good first half, but the, kind of, the wheels fell off in the second half. We'll get with Scott in a second, but first let, let me uh, remind you, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. Uh, pre-game uh, festivities for home and away games, great organization to be a part of. Basically, if you're a BC football fan, one-stop shopping, the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com. Okay, with that, we bring in Scott Mutrin. You know him, former Boston College quarterback, now with Learfield helping out the sidelines uh, for the radio broadcast in Learfield. Scott, first of all, thank you so much for the time. And, uh, you know, uh, just I guess I'd like to get your thoughts on BC Clemson. Um, I think it was final score, not necessarily indicative of, how the Eagles played, especially in the first half of that football game. Um, I thought you saw the Eagles on the defensive side of the football really make things tough for DJ Ongolele. Um, throwing the football, they didn't give him his first read. They were pretty stout versus the run, created some turnovers, first interception, and he had, I think, 105 or 106 passing attempts. So um, they did a really good job. They were stout. They played fast. They got to the ball. Um, and then I just think offensively they didn't capitalize on mistakes. Get an interception and pretty much in the red zone and come away with no points is borderline criminal. A um, couple missed field goals, which just can't happen when you're trying to beat the top five team in the country. It just um, The odds are already stacked against you, and if you can't put points up, um, at least field goals, ideally you want to get touchdowns in those situation then uh it's going to be difficult to beat them and i think the you know the real turning point in that game was late in the second quarter bc got the ball pinned deep in their own territory goes three and out they have a short punt gives clemson a short field and then clemson gets a touchdown uh right before half bc comes out in the second half goes three and out and then clemson goes right down and scores and then a 3-3 game turns into 17-3 and the whole complexion of the game changed in about, you know, four and a half minutes of game time, I think Bill Belichick talks about the uh, winning the middle eight, which is the last four of the first half and the first four of the second half. And D.C. Uh, just wasn't able to do that, and that really just, once they got down two touchdowns, Clemson didn't really have to honor the run, and uh, the rest became itself. Yes, you're right. Looking back on it, BC really needed to be up 14-3, maybe 14-10 at the half. To you know, they needed more points than three for the amount of how well they did play in the first half. I think even I know Dabo said uh, at halftime that he thought BC outplayed them in the first half. Uh, but you're you're right. At the, the, the end of the day, the wheels fell off. I'd like to get your thoughts on Phil Phil Jakovic, uh, nineteen to forty, hundred eighty eight yards. As a former QB yourself, how do you evaluate his play? Yeah, I think um, 
You look at some of it in the second half of that game. He was under siege. I think Clemson decided to make it a, for lack of a better term, a man-on-man game where they were going to put pressure on Phil, really force that offensive line to hold up and force Phil to to throw into some tight windows or tighter windows, and uh, they just weren't able to do it. Um, You know, I think an early drop by Jaden Williams in the game where I think it was a a second or third down play. He puts a good throw there. Jaden's unable to make that play. That's another thing that you talk about when winning uh, big games against you know, highly ranked teams, you need to make those plays. And and then a couple that I, I think you'd probably like to have back. Um, there's just, you know, it's tough to, um, I think Clemson had left some guys open. I think there were some opportunities to get the ball to them. Now, I don't know if that was some of the pressure or some of the things Clemson was doing defensively that didn't allow him to do it. But um, I think he'd like to have some throws back, and I think he'd probably look at the film and look at some opportunities that he had that he just couldn't capitalize in it, whether he didn't see it or whether um, you know the, the protection didn't hold up for you know for him to deliver the football. But uh, you know, kind of a, a, medi- a mediocre performance by what he would say by his fans, considering how he performed against Louisville uh, the week before. Even with the turnovers, his ability to make big plays against Louisville was really a difference maker. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. And, Scott, I'd like to get your opinion, too, on the crowd. We, we weren't there. For the fans who weren't there, um, the first half especially, how was the atmosphere at the Heights? It was great. Uh, the tailgating was uh, on fire to, you know, to going into the game and heading into the game. A lot of people came in town for the game. Red bandana game, primetime TV game. Um, I think that the, the crowd was really, was really jacked up. To, to get in there. They got in pretty early, uh, brought some good emotion. There was a lot of emotion in that first half, and uh, you could feel it. Um, those are the moments that you play for, uh, to have that, that cry, and you, you don't always get them, but when you have them, you got to enjoy them. Speaking of the tail guy, why, while you're at it, what was your tailgate menu like? How did you handle the uh, night game? Uh, well, I had two of my sons with me, so I was kind of trying to, to stay... Um, Organized and getting them, you know, connected with their friends, getting them their tickets. We uh, logistics. I didn't get a chance. To, yeah, I didn't get a chance to have much food. I stopped at a friend's tailgate, white, right in, uh, right by the stadium. Yeah, I had some chips and a, I think a little piece of pizza. Uh, the boys ate. Uh, I think they had some barbecue and mac and cheese. So like they were all fed well, but I got my. You know, luckily I was able to get some chicken parm and some um, clam chowder at halftime. I know it's a gross combination, but at that <laughs> point I was pretty hungry, so I needed to I needed to fuel up and get the energy boost for the second half. There you go. And just to put a bow tie in, on this game, and what was it? Do you think the B? Tell us from your perspective, the fans. What did the BC's defense do so well the first half, and allowing ten points, really three points for most of the half, the fewest allowed. Uh, for Clemson all year, fewest points Clemson scored all year. What do you think was the key to that? I'm sure other teams will save that uh, tape 
And look at what BC did on the defensive side in the first half. Well, to be honest, it was an extension of what they did against Louisville. They were stout against the run. Um, they were really gap-controlled gap in that. They controlled the quarterback run. They didn't give um, the DJ numbers may look better at the end. Uh, he had a big run late in the game, but they did a good job corralling him. And then, you know, a lot with these, um, with the modern and the spread kind of fast-paced offenses, um, if you're able to take away the first read and change looks up on the quarterback, I think that defensively what they did is showed a look at the beginning, would bail out if they thought it was man, if they uh, would press up if they thought it was zone. They really created a lot of confusion uh, for DJ and, and kind of confused his eyes a little bit. And I think when you do that, doubt creeps into the mind, and there's nothing worse uh, as a quarterback that if you start doubting what you're seeing uh, or you think you see something and it's not there, then all of a sudden you start holding on to the ball, second-guessing some things, not throwing with the confidence that, that you need to. And I think they did a really good job of moving his eyes around, forcing forcing him to go to his next reads and and then allowing the pass rush to get a little disruptive, bring some heat when they need to, but discipline in their rush lane. So, um, you know, that's quite Jeff Halfley and Tom Lukabu and, and their structure for that. I think they, they've done a good job the last couple of weeks. Um, they're going to have, you know, as, as big, if not a bigger challenge, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend against Wake Forest uh, with that offense, which is unique in its own set. But, uh, that's a credit to them. They played well, but they were just out there a while, and that's a, that's a tough battle. Um, a tough battle for them to overcome. To, if, if, and it can be deflating. You turn a ball over. When you get a turnover like that, like there's something that's like a defense. Like that's your job. That's what the, you're trying to get one of those, one or two of those in the game. And you get one, and then you don't score any points from it. It can be you know, a little disheartening. And you know the offense. You know, did a good job moving the ball, and they had some chances and missed some plays. And then, you know, with the missed field goals, those are deflating too. You know, you never know what kind of confidence you get. If it's, you know, 10-6, 6-3, 10-9, if you get that, it's a whole different ball game um, than being down 17-3. to It's just a fact. And if you, you're not converting on, on those um, and getting points out of those drives, it's you know, it can cause some frustration and some uh, and some disappointment. And the, your, your humanness, uh, you have that. You, it's natural to have that after you're doing it, especially when you're like, we're playing our butts off and we're not getting the results we need to get or we should be getting. And you can you can start to really get frustrated. And I think that, uh, you know, the offense would probably say that. that they, uh, frustrating then, and then things just got a little downhill once they got behind, and Clemson didn't have to honor the run game at all. Uh, BC was unable to run the ball consistently throughout the game, and that that's an ugly thing to have in your offense because if you can't run the football or at least have a competent run game, it allows a team like Clemson, who is geared to attack you in the passing game uh, with their pass rush and some of their different looks, they're very aggressive, they can just come after you and know you're not even going to try to run the football. I mean, that's a that's a tough ask for anybody, especially a uh, you know an inexperienced offensive line and a you know a quarterback that's taken a lot of hits. I think it's either the most or the second most in, in NCAA football this year. So um, that's that's a bad combination. 
And I always like to get your thoughts because you're with him post game. What was Jeff Halfley in the interview with you post game afterwards? What was his emotions like? You know, kind of take us behind the scenes a little bit. Which Coach Halfley, after you know a 31 to three game, can't be happy, but they did play well in the first half. No, he's definitely not happy. I think he was encouraged by his defense's performance. Um, I think he's discouraged by the offense uh, and ability and the special teams. I think the special teams where he was exceptionally disappointed in and leaving points on the board and uh, and knowing that that kind of caused the game to get a little bit out of hand. And you know, I think he's frustrated by that, but encouraged by you know the effort there. And I think he's you know one going to get back to work and you know spend this bye week trying to iron out some of that stuff and I think you're going to find in this bye week that they're going to you know figure out the personnel groups that they're successful with figure out a way to to use them to be successful running and throwing the football and try to kind of see if they can get that recipe they used against Louisville to to translate for the for the second half of the season and you mentioned the bye week have to do and they, they need to be able to, to run the ball and then use that explosiveness and find a way to get Dave Flowers as many touches in space as possible. He is a special player, and um, if you can't either protect the quarterback or the quarterback can't get him the ball, it's like you know having a Ferrari and driving on 93 South uh, in the middle of rush hour. What's the point? You know what I mean? <laughs> And, Scott, you mentioned it, too, a little bit early on, the bye week coming up. Just talk about what this bye week means for this team, and I always like to get your take. What did you like to do during your bye weeks, your playing days? Well, this bye week is going to get healthy. There's a lot of guys beat up here. You, you only had two healthy running backs with Pat Garwo and Xavier Coleman this past week. You missed uh, Broom, Sinkfield, and Barfield were all out. Um, you know, Broom had an exceptional game versus Louisville. You missed little bit of that playmaking ability so that's um, that can be frustrating but you want to get guys healthy elijah jones uh he got hurt late in the uh first half i believe and you're starting some young guys in the perimeter when that happens so um i, I think that they just need to get healthy you need to get george tack tag uh, back he is he didn't play that game and Durstein's been hurt at uh, guard so if they can get some guys healthy and get them back i think that'll, that'll definitely help uh, Wake is an explosive offense. Um, their defense is, is, is decent, but nowhere near the caliber that Clemson's was. Um, so, you know, come out ready against Clemson, uh, excuse me, Wake Forest on the road and be able to, you know, get some guys back healthy and make a little run here towards the, the last half of the season. And you never know what happens. Build on, uh, build some positive momentum and see what happens. Did you always like the bye week as a player yourself? Um, it depends. Uh, if you're rolling, you don't want the bye week. You want to just keep going. You just got a good, good mojo. You're, in all honesty, you're, once you start the season, you're very rarely, if it ever, 100%. So getting, getting healthy uh, is a figure of speech, meaning that you're trying to get back to a, an acceptable playing level instead of 100%, but as close to it as you can. You probably won't be until the season's over. Uh, but you need to have, uh, you know, some time to lick your wounds a little bit, but uh, still maintain your crisp and sharpness. Um, don't lose any of the kind of the positive rhythm or momentum that you have. Timing can be an issue because you're very rarely practicing at full speed. Uh, probably get an extra couple of days off. So, it's, it's, you know, you're dealing with the soreness for the rest of the year. One week's not going to change that. It does 
you know, help mitigate it a little bit, you know, helps timeline-wise. But uh, I, I always uh, enjoy getting uh, some time to also catch up on your schoolwork in case you're falling behind and then uh, watching film. Add on film of the, of the, the next opponent and then kind of getting and then a little review of, you know, what is going on in the season. Maybe find some plays that um, – find some plays you like that may have gotten lost in the shuffle because sometimes during game days you would uh, you get caught in the uh, the emotion of the game that you, you lose a little of the, you know, some of the plays that work, some of the plays you like, tinker on some of the things that weren't working, find some, some new stuff that you want to put in, but go back to the good, check a lot of the mistakes you made and, you know, kind of be like, all right, well, I don't want to make these mistakes anymore. Um, come up with some stuff that you like versus pressure because, you know, you know, what's, once a team kind of labels you as, you know, unable to, to handle some blitzes and other stuff, um, they're going to design their defenses to, to do that. I mean, it's not a, I don't want to use the term copycat because it's generic, but they're going to find out ways to exploit some of your weaknesses. So you got to be able to combat those weaknesses with some new things and uh, find out uh, what you have in your arsenal to use. Um, and then, you know, maybe go back to some of the stuff that you were successful with that you liked and then incorporate that back into the game plan and, uh, and, and then just get ready for this stretch run and kind of build your resolve up and say, Hey, we got, you know, we got six games left. Some of these guys maybe the last six games of college football, uh, football they ever play. So, um, you really want to capitalize and, and, you know, seize that moment of, of grabbing the rest of the year and, and, and ending on a positive note. You they're the ones in charge of it, you know, the, the schedule and everything else, all the, you know, external stuff doesn't matter. It's the people in the room that are the ones that can fix the problems and, and get moving towards a positive result. And if you have strong leadership that's willing to, to, to learn from the mistakes, put all the, the stuff behind them and start working towards a, a solid outcome, good things can happen. There's no reason why you can't win some more football games here in the second half of the season, it's, uh, but it's all dependent on the guys in the room. All right, last question for me now. I know you're from Cleveland. What's your thoughts on the Cleveland Guardians and their playoff chances here in the baseball? Damn, I was so excited seeing that home run in the upstairs when uh, Gonzalez hit that home run. It was awesome to see. Uh, you know, the the Guardians are making a special run right now. They have a buzzsaw coming up, uh, you know, Tuesday night against the uh, the Yankees. So, um they're, they're going to be very, 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 very tough to beat. But at least we know, as Guardian fans, everybody besides Yankees fans are going to be cheering for them. Uh, you know, that's the one good thing. You have the mass population will be uh, in your corner, so that'll be good to see. But, uh, you know, hopefully they can make a special run. I think it's going to be tough. But, you know, it's always fun to be in the postseason. There's just some. There's nothing like playoff baseball. It's just... Uh, Weather gets cool, the stakes get high, and uh, the plays are magnified. But they are a super young team, and uh, just fun to watch. They're they're not a power hitting team. They got some great pitching. They got they're scrappy. Uh, you know, they they claw and grind out a lot of their runs. And they've had a lot of comeback wins. So who knows? Maybe you catch a little lightning in a bottle. Catch a little magic. It'd be great to see. I'm going to be cheering for them. So um, hopefully tonight we'll we'll see what happens. Well, Scott, we're always cheering for you. We're always pumped for your broadcast. So appreciate it, and good luck to your Guardians uh, this week. Yeah, I'll be uh, spending the bye 
week uh, celebrating my wedding anniversary. There you uh, go. It's nice that they decided to give me the week off, weekend off for my anniversary, which is nice. That scores major points with the wife. There you go. And, and catch out some big uh, some, some hockey games for my older two sons, soccer game for my daughter, and then my youngest son's got a big football game coming up Sunday. Uh, so I'm really excited for them. They're, they're playing undefeated Hingham team, Norwell team. Two undefeateds clashing on Sunday afternoon and one in Norwell. In Norwell. So I'm, I'm pumped for them. The kids have worked so hard. It's really fun to, to coach them. They're a good group of kids. So um, I'll have plenty to do, Mike, but, uh, you know, mostly just around the house. Yeah, hopefully you get a nice dinner, too. Squeeze that in as well, the anniversary. I'll have well, I know I had a birthday dinner yesterday, so I had that. I squeezed in a birthday and an anniversary all within a week of each other. There you go. I Happy belated. Great family. Yep. Great family dinner. Nothing better than that. Uh, I got a nice, you would have liked this, Mike. It was short ribs with some homemade mashed potatoes um, and some uh, homemade cupcakes as, as well as some extra ice cream, which I highly recommend. A nice little creamery down, um, down a dairy farm down in the South Shore. It's great ice cream. You got to try it. Well, what's it called? I missed it. What'd you say? It was what's it called? The ice cream? It's called Hornstra Farms. Uh, farms, and they have some great homemade ice cream. My favorite is it's called Pasture Patty. It's chocolate ice cream with chocolate chips with some a uh, little bit of chocolate swirl and some cookie dough in there. It's the best ice cream I think I've ever had, and I am an ice cream guy. Um, anyone that uh, is down in the South Shore can, they haven't already gone. Um, they need to go. If you don't get that, if you don't get the ice cream, you gotta get their chip, which is their, with the chocolate chip cookies and vanilla ice cream. It's the best chip, which in Massachusetts, hands down, no hyperbole, no lies. Best, I, best chip, which ever. <laughs> That sounds pretty good. Those flavors, that, that sounds like something I would order, too, especially a chip witch, too. You nailed it. That I'm sounds good. You, Mike, it's, it's a great cookie, and the ice cream is so good. It's, the toughest part is, I, you know, when you're getting old, you can't eat a whole one, so i got to eat a half. I, I, I enjoy every bite of it. I'll tell you that much. There you go. you, you got to go back this weekend after the game on Sunday, after a big W for your family. Maybe hit it up. Yeah, maybe. You know, the tough part is on that is, like, I can't bring them. They don't travel well because the ice cream will melt. So yeah, you that's kind true. Of, you that's bring, true. Buy them at the store, bring them home, freeze them. But to travel them, bring them to a game and give it to the boys in the booth, they wouldn't laugh. And meter would probably eat them all, so uh, the rest of everybody wouldn't get them. So, <laughs> they're delicious. I'm telling you the best. I'm not lying when I tell you this. Orange Farm, the best chip witch in Massachusetts. There you go. All right. Scott. Maybe... Maybe even the country. I'm going that way. Wow. New, after New England. Yeah. Hey, what you know, New England. New England's got some good spots, too. A lot of competition. That's good. Pray, Scott. Always appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. And uh, keep, uh, keep enjoying the NFL stuff that you're putting out there. Stay out of the Jacksonville pool, though. We don't want you falling in. <laughs> Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.